All right, ACF Church. It is so good to see you this morning. If you are watching online, welcome. Thank you for being with us. My name is Angela. I serve, woohoo, wow, thank you. It's Angela Randall, but that's okay. Just kidding. Um, not Angela, woohoo, get it? Ah, man, do I have to explain all my jokes today? This is going to be a long sermon. Just kidding. Okay, you guys are awesome. But I do, I serve on the teaching team here, and um, we are walking through a season of joy. We are taking a look at the gospel story found in Luke chapter 2, and we are walking through um, just how we can have a deeper life through joy. Now, we're also in a season called Advent, and Advent is a time of waiting, But it's not just waiting to wait, it's a time of this hopeful expectation. It's a time where we look back and we see what God has done for us through Jesus, by sending Jesus so many years ago, but we also then look ahead and we wait because we know that Jesus is coming back. Amen. And so it's this season of joy. And so I want you to take a look at this image that I found, joy. And there are a lot of words in there that might spark joy in your life. And so I wonder what it is for you. For me, this time of year is Christmas pictures. Joy is Christmas pictures. I love getting these reminders of joy in the mail So much so that I'll tape them up to my kitchen cabinet so that I can look at them all year long. They spark joy. And so what is it for you? As I look up there, I notice that there isn't the word news. Now, I'm not saying that all of the news that we get is bad news. There is good news out there. We celebrate when people get married. We celebrate when people welcome children into their lives. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate if you do well on a test or you get a promotion at work. There is good news. Now there's also news, I think, that can bring mixed feelings. If I were to say, we're going to get more snow tonight. For some of you, you're like, yay. And for some of you, that is not good news college football playoffs. Some of you, it's good news. Some of you, I'm very sorry. It'll be better next year. It'll be better. But I think we can agree that for the most part, that word news, especially the news of today, does not spark feelings of joy. But I want you to take a look at another word that's up there. Gospel. Gospel is the good news of God. And my hope for us today is that as we dig into God's word, that you would be able to see and hear and know that God has good news for each and every one of us sitting here today. There is good news out there. This might be a very familiar verse that we're going to walk through. It's a verse that we hear a lot at Christmas time. 
But again, my hope is that you would know and understand that God is speaking to you right here in this place right now, and he has good news for you. So we're going to stand, and we're going to read this verse together. It'll be up on the screen behind me. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Amen. You can be seated. Now, you might feel like you've entered the middle of the story, and you wouldn't be wrong. Last week, Pastor Brian kicked us off in this passage in Luke chapter 2. And if you weren't able to be here or listen to that message, then we have a free ACF Church app. I encourage you to download that. You can listen to previous sermons. I would also encourage you this week, take a look at Luke chapter 2. Read this story for yourself. But what we see going on is that there are shepherds. These young men, these young women, they're out in the field. They're taking care of their sheep. They are surrounded by the glory of the Lord, and they are terrified. There is something scary that happens when humanity comes in contact with the divine. Like Pastor Brian shared last week, when the holiness of God meets with the brokenness of man, that is scary. Very, very scary. And so I love that that's where the angel starts with these shepherds. The angel starts by meeting them where they are. Don't be afraid. But I also know that that's a lot easier to say and a lot harder to actually do. How many of us fear the worst? How many of us hear the news, either that we get or that someone else has gotten, and we are just gripped with fear? How many of us would be willing to walk this next step, to walk where God is calling us, if it weren't for the fact that we were so afraid? How many of us are afraid of what people think about us, or what they say about us, or maybe they have said about us? How many of us would just rather just stay in just a life of comfort and not make waves and just go with the flow because we think that's easier? But what I want you to hear is that I believe that it's fear that really inhibits us from walking this deeper life of joy. And so in order for us to move from this terror to joy, I think it's important for us to spend a few minutes just digging into God's word and seeing what he has to say about this command, because that's what it is, don't be afraid. When we read in the Bible, we see stories both in the Old Testament and the New Testament of angels coming in contact with humans, and their first words, more often than not, are don't be afraid. Don't fear. And there's someone else who said this a lot. Jesus. And what I like about Jesus is that not only did he say it to people that didn't know him. When we look and we read the stories in God's word, we see that more often than not, Jesus spoke these words to the people that knew him the best. He would say this to his disciples, the men who walked life with him. 
He had to remind them that they had nothing to fear. And that brings me comfort. If they had to be reminded, then I like the reminders too. And so the first one is in Matthew 10. You can either turn in your Bibles there or you can follow along on the screen behind me. But what we see is that Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's preparing to send them out to do ministry. He is telling them, I'm giving you my power. I'm giving you my authority. You are going to cast out evil spirits. You are going to heal people of disease. You are going to do amazing things. And guess what? People aren't going to like it. They're going to say mean things. They're going to say hurtful things. They might even try to hurt you or arrest you or kill you. And Jesus tells them, don't be afraid of them. Listen to verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. And so I love that. Here's Jesus sending his disciples out to do ministry. And he's telling them, don't be afraid. Where is God calling you to walk? At your job, at home, with your family, maybe at school, with your friends. Jesus is speaking to you and he is saying, don't be afraid. Mark chapter 6. What we see here is that Jesus has just done this amazing miracle. He has taken five loaves of bread, he's taken two fish, and he has multiplied that to feed thousands. There is enough food there that they even have leftovers. And who's there watching? His disciples. They see him perform this amazing miracle. The crowds. Jesus sends them away. He sends the disciples away. Jesus goes up on the mountain to pray. And then a storm rises up. And his disciples are out in a boat. And they're trying to get to the other side, but they're having a really, really difficult time. The waves are crashing. The storm is just overpowering them. And so Jesus walks out on the water to them. And we read that when they see Jesus, they think he's a ghost. This is the guy that they just saw multiply food to feed thousands. But in the middle of a storm, they don't recognize him. Verse 50, for they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. So in the middle of a storm, Jesus is there saying, I'm with you, you don't have to be afraid. What is it for you? What are you walking through right now? Know that Jesus is with you, and he's telling you, don't be afraid. And then finally, John chapter 14. And in this passage, what we see is Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death. That Jesus is going to have to go to the cross and suffer these horrible, horrible things. 
And so he's speaking words of comfort to them. Listen to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so even Jesus before his death, he is speaking words of comfort to his disciples. Don't be afraid. You're not going to see me for a while, but guess what? My spirit will go with you. And my spirit will be with you to guide you, to teach you, and to comfort you. A few years ago, I remember uh, our family received the news that my father-in-law was declining in health and hospice was the next step. And this wasn't good news. Uh, we were afraid. We were fearful. We didn't know what the next steps were going to look like. The plane ride down to be with my husband's family was one of uncertainty and grief. And my husband remembers walking into his parents' house and seeing this. That's the hospice bed where my father-in-law spent the last few hours of his life. My husband did not make it to be physically with his dad before his dad died. But my husband also very, very vividly remembers seeing this, feeling a weight, and hearing a voice that said, don't be afraid, he is not here, he is risen. And my husband knows that that was the very voice of Jesus, the presence of his spirit comforting him and meeting him right where he was in his time of need. And how about for you? Are you going through a time of hurt or suffering Time when the news is not good. How can we have joy in the midst of that? It's by being convinced of the evidence that Jesus is there. Jesus hasn't left us. Joy isn't, buck it up. Oh, turn that frown upside down. Oh, just look at the glass is half full. Oh, don't be sad. Oh, look on the bright side. That's not joy. That's not helpful at all. Joy is fixing our mind on the person who has stepped into the suffering and the muck and the pain and the hurt with us. The fact that he has not left us alone. Joy is fixing our mind on him. We don't have to be afraid. And I love that that's where the angel starts with the shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. If we are to truly embrace and walk in this deeper life of joy, then we can be sure that we have nothing to fear. And I love that the next thing that the angel says is this word, behold. That means stop. 
Don't think you know what's coming next. Don't think you have an idea of what's ahead. Stop and listen. Now that your mind is in the right place so that you can stop being afraid, now just stop and wait and hear what what I'm about to say. And what does the angel say next? I have good news of great joy for all people. So let's take a look at that. Let's break it down. This is good news. What makes it good? God gave us Jesus. God came to earth to live with us, among us, to die on a cross for our sins so that we can be with him because he has been raised to new life. And we, therefore, too, can be raised to this new life with him forever. That is good news. If that's all it was, that's good news. But the angel keeps talking. This is good news of great joy. This is joy that is overwhelming. This is joy that is abundant and full and rich and solid. This is joy that doesn't run out. This is joy where there is no lack. This is joy that's not going to fail. This is joy that has substance. And what makes it good news of great joy is that this is for everybody. For all people. This is not just a one time that you accept and believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. That is amazing, yes. But these are words that especially us as believers, that we can meditate on and savor and allow to be the main course of everyday life. That satisfy us, that fill us to the fullest. These are words that the angel gave to the shepherds that are meant to be shared. Last week we learned joy isn't complete until it's shared. And I love that that's exactly what the shepherds do. When we keep reading in Luke chapter 2, after the angel speaks to the shepherds, the shepherds actually go to Bethlehem. They see that what the angel said is true. And then when they see that, They can't be quiet. They just tell everybody. They just keep talking about it. They are just filled with this good news of great joy. Listen to verse 18 through 20. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And so first we see that there's a group of people that wonder about this news. And that word wonder means to be amazed by, to be wowed by something or think, hey, that's, that's really cool. But that's all that it is. It's news, it's words that are kind of held at arm's length. And so how about for us? Have you heard the good news? Do you realize that God has sent his son to be this gift of salvation for us? And we think, well, that's nice for you. I am so glad that God can work like that in your life. But God would never do anything like that for me. Or instead, look at what Mary does. 
Mary treasures these words. She ponders them. She thinks about them. She reminds herself of them. She beholds them. They have value to her. How about for us? When we have something of value, when we hear the good news, do we take steps to make sure that it doesn't get forgotten? That we don't lose it, that we treasure it, that we safeguard it, that we meditate on it and savor it and know that these are words that can enable us to live this deeper life of joy, to walk in boldness and confidence because these words matter in our hearts. I love what the shepherds do in verse 20. The shepherds return. They go back to the sheep. They go back to their day-to-day living with those stinky sheep, with being an outcast, with not great living conditions. Their circumstance is, is pretty low. And yet something's changed. They're thanking God. They're praising God because they are fixing their mind on a person. On the fact that God made a way for everyone to be drawn near. That God didn't stand far off. And when we can see that all of us have been rescued, we all have been saved and redeemed, not because of anything that we've done. God didn't stand far off and say, well, figure this out for yourself. God came near. God came near in the person of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Joy doesn't depend on us, and that's what makes it such good news. It's not an emotion that we have to manufacture. It's not a feeling that we have to try to spark by just looking on the bright side. Joy is fixing our mind on the person of Jesus. It has been given Joy is the good news that was given to the shepherds so long ago, and it's the good news for us, each and every one of us right here today. King David was someone who knew full well that joy could not be based on a circumstance, that joy had to be something more. King David experienced the highest of highs, but he also suffered in the desperate and low and dark times. But listen to the words that he writes in Psalm 16. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In God's very presence is fullness of joy. And in a few minutes, we are going to be able to celebrate this gift of communion. The fact that God is with us, where we can meet with the very bread of life. As much as I love getting these Christmas pictures in the mail and the joy that they bring, and whatever it is for you, whatever sparks joy for you, even more, 
Are you able to recognize that the fullness of joy is only found in Jesus alone? This is good news for all of us, and we're just getting started. Because guess what? The angel keeps talking. And so I invite you to come back next week so that you can hear the fullness of what the angel is saying and the joy that these words can bring. So as we finish up today, what is it for you that you need to remember about this good news of great joy? As you go and leave this place, how can you receive this fullness of joy? Well, we have a card that you found on your seat, and I would like to encourage everybody to please fill out that bottom part and think about where is God calling you to walk this week. Maybe for you, this good news has been something that you have just wondered about, and you've kind of kept it at arm's length. And so I would invite you, begin a relationship with Jesus. Maybe for you, you do understand that these words can fill your life with joy, so much so that you need to share it. And so don't be afraid, but maybe text a friend, invite them to one of our six Christmas Eve services this week. Whatever it is, know that God is calling you to step out and walk this deeper life through joy because of the good news. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that your presence is here in this place today. God, thank you for your words that bring life from death, and that is good news. God, thank you for your words of comfort that touch our hearts, and that is good news. God, thank you that your words bring hope, and peace and joy to a world that is broken. But the loss and the suffering of this world does not have the final word. You do, God. Thank you for your good news. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.